Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Outside, store, bumper, clear the 18. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! Hey, what's up, guys? Brett Griffin here, spotter for Clint Boyer, Elliot Sadler, Myatt Snyder, fresh off of a West Coast hustle. Got my boy TJ Majors on the phone this week instead of live in studio. TJ, what are you doing, man? What's wrong? What's going on? I have an event to do today. Oh, an I event. thought you were going to say you were babysitting. Am... An no. event that just popped up last night at 9.50 when you texted us all that you weren't coming? Uh, It was close. It was close. Events are usually planned out in advance. Well, yeah. So, anyway, hey, I'm TJ. Um, what kind of event are you doing? <laughs> hey, easy. 21 questions here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's yeah. missing the show. I want to know where the hell he's at and what he's doing. The boss? I'm, uh, I'm just babysitting. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good um, excuse. I it, think that's yeah, his fine. own baby. We've yeah, already been through I this. Know, but it counts. Hey, hey still watching a baby. True but that. uh I'm calling in today. Um I've only got a few minutes here, so Brett's gonna handle uh Brett and um Casey are gonna keep the entertainment level high, I hope. Casey, are you uh are you ready for that? Yeah, we'll have Brett do a little dance or something in the studio to oh. make up for it. Hey, I watched oh. Michael Jackson documentary the whole way home <laughs> last night, so I'm fired up. I'm ready. <laughs> Where did this come from? I love Michael Jackson. Yeah, Brett will do some Michael Jackson dancing now. All right, well, we need to make this happen. Thanks to One Man Financial for bringing this podcast to you guys today. TJ coming fresh off a win Saturday. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, we got uh, the first Xfinity win um, for me. So it was pretty cool. So, um, you know, those guys obviously came really prepared. And, uh, you know, we made it. It got interesting there one time. Um, You know, you don't like – you never like – you never like uh, going by pit road and seeing every car in your mirror turn off because you never really, you never really know how, you know, that's probably not a, not fun in a place like, like Fontana, but, um, you know, it ended up working out. Our car was really good and ended up working out for us. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I saw TJ post race celebrating it, celebrating at Hooters, drinking a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only yeah. human being I've ever seen walk into a Hooters, sit at a bar and order a Coke. Going hard. I was like, hey, I go. I was there for the wings. Yeah, we all were. <laughs> right, and the coke. Same I've never coke. seen that many Hooters waitresses that were not attractive in my life. Fontana, I California. Don't go to Hooters if you're wanting to see. <laughs> I don't know that Chase Elliott would be super glad that you're talking about this. That's his sponsor. I love Hooters. I go there all the time, but that particular <laughs> shift, I was like, "Who's the higher manager in here? We need to have a discussion." <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I didn't, if you I did didn't that. look. I didn't notice. So good for you. Unlike Brett. <laughs> what? I didn't notice. You can't go to Hooters and drink a Coke. Who does that? TJ. That's not normal. <laughs> it's the wise thing to do. It ain't wise. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you say. Spot ain't I that hard. I was for the meal. The fine quality chicken. <laughs> good chicken. I was, uh, I, I, I thought you were saying you were going to get a top five. Man, I felt like we were. I, I mean, our whole weekend it goes planned. I mean, you look at you unload. We were second quick in the first practice. Obviously, didn't make qualifying, didn't make it through inspection. So you lose your pit stall selection. You use the last, last 15 minutes of practice. Had a fast car. Every time we'd pit, man, we'd just give up a few spots. 
And at the end of the race, we literally had a right rear come completely apart. So we were three seconds off the pace. To fin- we weren't making minimum speed the last two laps to finish the race. So ended up running single digits most of the day and ended up 11th. So that is probably not a place you want to have a tire. No. Start coming apart. Could you imagine yeah, looking up toward turn one and seeing 207 and then you feel and you're like, uh-oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd really like that. I, uh, actually, I thought that was the most speed as a company that I've seen them, you know, Stuart Haas guys have yet as a whole because they were uh, the 10. That's the most speed I've seen the 10 have yet. And, um, you know, it was, it was, as a whole, it was a, they had a lot of speed. Yeah. I think our cars are good. I mean, you know how this, this is cyclical. I mean, we saw Toyota struggle the beginning of last year. They did it again this year. Then all of a sudden they hit that, we're going to set you on fire button, which they did yesterday. And it was tough to keep up with that 18 to 78. You guys ran top five most of the day, right? Yeah. We ran right around, you know, anywhere, depending on our pit crew. Our pit crew is awesome, so we would we would come in and maybe gain a spot or two every time on pit road. They got us the lead one time, and we were able to hold on to it for a few laps. But the seventy eight could just run the bottom of three and four, so good. Um, you know, he could he could get to the bottom and and get on the apron and still get back in the throttle and and get up off the corner and make up ground. Still, he was really really good down there. Um, I don't know if anybody was going to hold him off. He, you know, and I people tried. We tried to hold him off. Kyle tried to hold him off, and he just he could the track's so big and and uh you know once he get to your quarter panel or something he could he could pretty much do what he wanted so um you know congrats to those guys for for building that race car and and uh dominating that race and uh getting a win he looked like the 78 from last year you know i mean he's already got the most stage points of anybody at what i believe was 60 points i read so to have the most stage points to already have the win there's no denying that Martin Truex is going to contend for the championship. I mean, he's already in the playoffs, so you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is he's definitely showing signs of. The, I feel like there for a little bit. They even towards the end of last year, they just weren't quite as dominant as what they had been, and then they started this year, and I just didn't quite see it. But they showed it yesterday. Yeah, they were strong. I was impressed with how many celebrities there were at the track. Did you Man, guys meet anybody? No, I wanted to meet Ice Cube. I saw he was there. But I didn't know he was there until I was already up top. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't on yeah, top of Yeah, you probably don't get I also heard anybody. that Caitlyn Jenner was there. Yes. Bruce Jenner, formerly Bruce Jenner. I met the Super Troopers. Oh, they look like fun. Super Troopers. They Remember the, the movie? Yeah, they were in the pace car, right? I didn't see that movie. Yeah, they were. Uh, I met them I'm right sorry. before I went to the roof. But it, like Brett said, we get we go by the time we go to the roof, we don't learn about these people being there until we're already basically heading up to where we gotta go. I just wanna ask Ice Cube was Easy E cool as he kinda Easy E was my favorite rapper voice. You don't even know who Easy E is, do you? Casey. Are you sorry. kidding me? No. Nope. No. Oh my gosh, these kids these days. <laughs> kids. Boys in Jason the hood. is a kid. NWA, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre. Oh, I mean Easy E. I mean, I was like the beginning. Yeah. yeah, they started gangster rap. I know from yeah. the movie, but like I wasn't. Easy, he was a man. Like, I mean, yeah, he was like the original guy. Yeah, yeah, he was like the front guy. He fronted all the money to put the deal together. Nice. And then he died of AIDS at like sixteen. Well, maybe he'll come to another race. Easy, <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure he ain't coming nowhere. I, <laughs> we can pour a little bit out for him next that's time we go to Hooters. That was the wrong time. We can pour some of TJ's Coke out. Hey, this is for Easy, right here. Oh, fail. Easy E. You know what I mean. Shout out Hooters. You should have asked Kim. Kim Coon met him, I think, or Monica. So one, one of the person, one of them met met yeah. him. Yeah. I don't know. Ice Cube, man, he's a big deal. I mean, this guy goes from gangster rapper to making kids movies. You know, he's pretty good at making yeah, kids movies too. He yeah. does. He's uh, I, I just got some of the funniest movies. Yeah. Still. Mary beat up Debo in Friday. Oh, Fridays are. Like Jason, have you seen Friday? No. Jason. Oh man, I'm Jason. You need to write all this stuff down instead of doing Stop whatever you're doing list. at that computer. We already have a list of yeah. like country songs. Yeah, you got to text, text yourself right now. Watch the movie Friday. Friday. And next Friday, Friday. isn't there another one? Next Friday, yeah, but Friday's Friday Friday after next. Oh yeah, there's my three. favorite line in Friday is you got to be a stupid <laughs> to get fired on your day off. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> oh, uh, we'll to, the whole we'll movie's classic. I watch yeah, it all it the time. Classic. I watched it last night on a plane. Second half of it. Along with Michael Craig and Yes. He does, so he has no idea who Craig and Dede are. No, he ain't got no idea. No. Bye, Felicia. Oh, my gosh. 
That's where Bye Felicia came from. Oh, really? Is that yeah. movie? I've just known that from social. That's oh, no. we're giving you the roots. Where, yeah, thank you. That's where yeah. it started, man. The, in the micro mini pimp. Yeah, Bye Felicia. <laughs> Craig, why you gotta lie, Craig? I love that movie. <laughs> what about the rent? What's the rent lady's name? Miss Pearly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, Jason. Net. This is Friday, right? Yeah. And we, yeah. we need to. And Friday was. Out. Yeah, Friday was filmed in Ranch Cucamonga, California, where we were. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, there's not I much else there. No, no, there's not much else there. Although they build it up some. Yeah. There's an outdoor mall thing. I like that mall. That one. You're a Phoenix. chick. All chicks like malls. Well, it was like an outlet mall, so it was just like. I hate malls. We know. We established this. Yeah. I don't mind buying. I just hate shopping. Not so, are you around. more of an online shopper? I don't know. I'm not putting my credit card online. That ain't happening. So what do you do if you don't shop? I mean, I buy. I just go somewhere and buy something. I don't walk Isn't around. Isn't that shopping? And, no. People go shopping. They walk around. They look at stuff. They look at the price. And they look at the color. And they go try it on. If you go to a store, That's you're shopping. shopping. I go in and buy it. I don't shop. I it. bet your wife. I bet your wife orders off Amazon. Oh, every day. Boxes just steady See? show up. She fussed at me the other day, and I realized it's almost April, but she was like, you know, you got to get the Christmas lights off the bushes in the front. <laughs> and I was like, damn, I forgot they were still out there. She's wow. like, yeah, you would. You know, you, you, you got to go get them off. I was like, well, look, I'm not the one that gets Amazon packages every single day to the front door and sees the front bushes. I never see the front bushes. I just let out of mine. Just leave them up but for you, next year. So now. I went up there. Yeah, you might as well keep them up for now. No, I just threw them all in the trash. You were the one paying for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, TJ. Send her that text. <laughs> no, I, I, we know that. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, I know you're short on time, so let's head into spot on, spot off. This one, I woke up to so many text messages from you guys on this new rule. And I quote, NASCAR will allow teams that qualify today to practice on their qualifying tires on Saturday and start the race Sunday on a set of sticker, t- sticker tires. <laughs> I guess that was on Friday, I'm assuming. Yeah, spot it was on, late. spot yeah. off. It was late Friday. Brett, what do you think? I want to know what TJ thinks first. Oh, gosh. So am I going first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm spot on for this to at the time being because you can't – if you start the race without them guys qualifying and they're on sticker tires, they are going to be top five leading the race – you know, by lap 10 and there should never be a, there should never be an advantage to not qualifying. So I'm not, you know, I don't like making big changes during the weekend or even during the year, but when something like that, there's a big, you know, otherwise we're not, no one's going to qualify anymore. Um, you know, I, they had to do something to, to not give those, those cars a, a huge advantage. You know, Bubba Wallace qualified 19th by lap, end of lap one. He was going to be 35th because he qualified. You know, that's not fair. It, I think you know, still ended opinion. up thirty fifth ish. Twenty fifth. Well, but, I mean he but he shouldn't be penalized for making an attempt. Yeah, Are I'm I'm spot or? off on this whole rule thing coming out a third of the way through our weekend. You know, I mean we, we break the weekend down based on Friday we determine our starting position. Saturday we get ready to race. Sunday we race. So a third of the way through the event we have a pretty significant rule change. You know, none of us at least nobody that I know went into the weekend going, hey, let's fail inspection and let's not qualify and let's potentially lose our car chief and let's lose 15 minutes of practice and let's forfeit our pit stall selection and let's not start up front. Uh, I don't think that was necessarily anybody's intention. I do think, however, we saw people like Jimmy Johnson last year, like you know Martin Truex at Atlanta. Oh, by the way, is he going to give all those points back that he got when he got to start on brand-new tires and everybody else had old tires at Atlanta and he drove from last to second? Probably not. You know, but but I just at the 11th hour, as a sports fan, I don't want to see a rule change because I think we look at the race and we say, let's preserve the integrity of the race. And and when this ain't a 30 second part, (laughs) (laughs) and when you look at the integrity of the race, changing rules in the middle of the event, I have a hard time dealing with. Now, on Monday morning, if they come out and say, we're going to hold a press conference and we're going to talk about this and we're going to tell you guys why we're doing it. And then they come out with a rule change. Okay, what do they do the next morning? Saturday morning, they come out with another rule change with Xfinity that says if you guys don't pass tech, you got to do a pass-through. So now you're going to lose a lap in addition to not being able to qualify and start. So, man, I'm okay 
I'm not okay with rule changes in general, but I'm okay with with it if you can make if you can sell me on it. You can't sell me on it a third of the way. Let's let's play a one third of, of a hockey game and then change the rules, or a third of a basketball game and change the rules. Like, and I know we're not sticking ball, but it's just it's hard to swallow that when we constantly throw curveballs at ourselves. You know, if it's not in regards to safety, like we've seen at Talladega Daytona, where they come in and go, "Hey, these speeds are too high. They're over 200 miles an hour. The cars are too fast." We're going to add more restrictor plate. We're going to bring these speeds down. If it's safety related, I can somewhat get it. If it's not, just wait till Monday, fix it. So the only, uh, so my thing on that is number one, you know, this was brought up by the teams basically. And it did start last year when Jimmy, you know, started in the back and basically drove to the front and, and didn't have, um, um, you know, didn't have an issue driving all the way to the front, you know, on old tires. And the, what happens here is um, nobody really – the pit stalls at, at, at Fontana are, are real big. The pit road's pretty wide. So losing, you know, your pit stall selection it isn't isn't a huge deal there. Um, you know, and also nobody nobody's really worried about losing their – losing a crew member because nobody goes through more than twice. You know, only only like two or three guys try to go through twice. We were in line for the time. third time and ran out of time. Well, there's just not enough time for people to go through, you know, that many times. And, and you know, and there's nothing stopping the guys from – if you wanted to qualify, in my opinion, your car would have been right the first time through. But everybody, all these teams are pushing the envelope, and it's not it's, – it's everybody. It's not just these guys that even qualified. It's everybody. Um, you know, we all want to get as much as we can as we can – and you try to push the envelope a little bit. So to me, this was brought up on by the teams. So, and there's there's a big advantage to to not not qualifying. So you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of props to NASCAR for for stepping in there and saying no, you guys aren't gonna you guys aren't getting this advantage here. It's not gonna work like that. You know, because we're all racing for stage points. So we've been watching this go on for a year, and all of a sudden, let's be reactive to it versus proactive to it. Not a fan. Well, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of. Uh, I'm not a big fan of this qualifying. I, I I really do miss the single car. Let a guy go out there and see what kind of lap he can run one time. You know, I kind of like that, and maybe um maybe this is something we need to do. You know, maybe we need to tech after qualifying. You know, well, I mean, that's to me. Clint talked about this Friday night at dinner. It's like, okay, I'm a Jimmy Johnson fan. I bought a ticket. I came to watch Jimmy Johnson qualify. When you come to to a race, you get entertained by the whole race. But when you go to watch your guy qualify, you go to watch your guy qualify. And when he doesn't come out on pit road, if I'm a 10, 12 year old boy, I'm going, where's my driver? Where's his car? You don't necessarily understand why they're not making it out. Well, you know what? There's two rounds, three rounds. Maybe next round we'll see him. No, you won't. You're not going to see him at all because he can't pass 10. No, if he ain't round one, he ain't going to be round two. No, so it's, man, again, just reactive versus proactive, and I don't know. But people, one thing I got to say about it is people can't get mad at NASCAR for it. You know what I mean? People often blame NASCAR for their guy not making it out to qualify. In my opinion, that that's not NASCAR's fault. You know, NASCAR gives everyone the same chance to get their car through tech to qualify so they can't really they shouldn't be mad at nascar for for their guy not making it out there to qualify casey we were having a similar discussion on the show one year ago today really yeah. about the same stuff so a year later mm-hmm. in the middle of a weekend after somebody sent out a tweet we realized hey let's change the rule and so you'd be okay with the rule change if it happened at a different time be methodical do it during the week. Give teams an opportunity to understand the ramification because here's the thing, whether you agree with TJ or you agree with me, we all showed up to the racetrack. We all knew the process and the procedure. We all knew the rules. And then we went through that segment of our weekend and those rules all got thrown out. So regardless of whether a driver said something, a owner said something, a tweet or whoever, we went into the game understanding these are the parameters and then they changed. So, yeah. Well, the only one thing that makes me okay with it as well is that everyone started the race equal still. You know, if you if you qualified, you got your spot, and then you knew the guy behind you wasn't just going to totally destroy you on the start because he and didn't it, qualify. It, I mean, it's easy to say, well, these people were going to drive to the front. Were they going to have an advantage? Absolutely. Were they going to cause a wreck? Possibly. Were they going to be faster <laughs> than the guys with no tires? Yeah. Is that exciting and entertaining? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things. You can't just say, all those guys with no tires are going to be running top ten. No, you don't know that. 
I mean, we saw wow. two two of the best drivers in our sport right now make contact yesterday and wreck each other. So when you when you see those things play out, there's too many variables in racing. This it's like all these conspiracy theory idiots that say, "Oh, NASCAR let this happen. It's WWE." These are people in machines going 200 miles an hour. NASCAR doesn't have the opportunity to say, "Let's give somebody an advantage." You know, there, there's a difference in making a call which they do during a race versus making a rule change right in the middle of the weekend. That's where my struggle was. All right. We we can probably talk about this all day. Probably. Um, new one. Truex back to his dominant ways. Spot on, spot off. Every time I saw that guy all winter, he was having a cocktail and had a smile on his face. <laughs> and I feel like that's probably where he's back at today, you know, because he knows he's got an opportunity to, to go out and, and win another championship. He's won an Xfinity Series championship. He's now won a Cup Series championship. He's got an opportunity to win two Cup Series championships. We all know where their speed's at. I mean, spot on to what they've been able to do. My, I still say the most impressive thing for me as it pertains to this race team is they're in Denver, Colorado. They're back to being a single-car team. They're taking Joe Gibbs' parts and pieces and kicking Joe Gibbs' ass with it. That's impressive. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I think that's a, a neat part of it, to take an organization like that and to, to beat them with their own stuff or improve it yourself and make it better. Um, being that small team in the, you know, not even, not even local is uh, pretty impressive. Um, but, you know, good for, uh, good for Martin to get his, you know, it's good to see Martin kind of get his rhythm back there, but um, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to, you know, knock them off and <laughs> I'm ready for someone else to be that. Yeah. I mean, Joe Gibbs racing has a lot of talent and they're stable and Martin Truex, certainly a, a talented guy, but when you go out and look and see that he's, beating Denny Hamlin, beating Kyle Busch, you know, every single week. Like, that's a pretty pretty tall order to take. Yeah. Jason, I'm up to go. All right, see you. All right, see you. All right, so TJ had to go. He had to go babysit his kid, his own kid, which we've all <laughs> learned to love. Never going to live that one down. Well, Casey, you were on his side with the whole thing. I still am on his side. It's the same thing. It's babysitting. 90% of Americans that were polled disagreed with you. And this isn't <laughs> a CNN poll. 90% of your friends this that you probably texted to This isn't a fake news CNN poll. This is a real poll. You probably said, make sure you all vote on my end. Yeah, that's I text side. all 4,000 people that <laughs> yeah. voted. So we got Matthew Dillner filling in. Longtime friend of mine. And it's not babysitting. No. no. Whatever. It's completely different. No. No, it's, it's not. not. And you, 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 as a parent, you realize there's a difference, man. When I babysat, it was like, hey, let me watch your kid. Let me make sure he doesn't like fall on his head. Feed him or, ice cream. Uh, if, yeah, I feed him ice cream. I don't care. Let him be sugar high, whatever. And then when the time's up, bye-bye. Parenting doesn't stop. Babysitting mm -hmm. does. You're going to find out say? one day. Hey, uh, hire a babysitter that's going to be there at 3 in the morning when the baby wakes up. Yeah. Yeah, my kids are bouncing on the bed this morning at 630. I was like, I don't think I fell asleep yet. <laughs> anyway, we're going on. We're finishing spot on, spot off, and Matthew's going to fill in the rest of the show. Perfect. Very knowledgeable. A larger version of TJ. Very knowledgeable. I mean, you know the NASCAR ins and guy. out of everything. Everything. So, trust you. I don't know about that. Pressure. Prove it. Ah. All right. Spot on, spot off. JRM has led Xfinity points for 37 consecutive races. You got to go first. Oh, man, I'm going first. Yeah. Uh, JRM's got it, man, right now. Uh, if you, uh, of course, we're in the shop, basically, on the side of the shop right here. And if you go through that shop all week, um, you know, all the crew chiefs and car chiefs and everybody in there and Donnie and all the, the boys back there at Tarantino, uh, they're putting in overtime. Um, you know, I'll leave here late and there's still guys digging in the shop and there's a reason for that performance. Um, it's not just the drivers. You know, it's not just the uh, the guys with headsets up top tower like these guys. Although that's a big part over the of wall, it. yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 you got to put in the work, man. You got to put in the hustle. If you don't put in the hustle, nothing else matters. Yeah, you know, for me, one of the cool things I like about the show is sometimes we'll say stuff that is worthy of news beyond our little podcast. I'm sorry, our big podcast, right? This is media worthy. Like they should be talking about this going into the next Xfinity race at Texas. Because when you look at who we're competing against, you know, with, with guys like Joe Gibbs racing and whatnot, for us to have led the points this many races, and obviously Elliot Sadler has been the biggest part of that streak. So that's, that's 
Man, that's spot on for everybody here in their effort when you look at what Matthew was saying. We have four full-time cars here. We have a cup affiliation, but we don't have a cup affiliation like Penske does and Gibbs does. We're not yeah. in the same shop. We don't have all the exact resources. We're doing our own bodies here, you know, with Big Mike and his guys in the body shop. So when I look at what Pemberton has been able to lead and what the crew chiefs have been able to do, and obviously the driver's able to execute, because they're the guys who have to execute. If they don't execute, none of the rest of this stuff matters. We can give you fast cars, but if you don't do what you're supposed to do with them, then that's where you get in trouble. So obviously, you know, JRM is the number one Xfinity Series team right now from a full-time competition standpoint. And, you know, I don't see anybody knocking these guys off yet. You know, and, and we see things come and go, but when you look at the driver lineup this year, Tyler Reddick, I've been blown away with how much speed that kid has. You know, I watched him win a race last year at Ganassi. He was in the same car that Kyle Larson was in. We knew it was fast, but for him to come in here, we already knew Justin and Elliott were, were going to be contenders. So, man, I, it's 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 a pretty elevated platform for this series right now, what this shop's doing. You're going to see a lot out of Tyler Reddick, I think. I think people have just scratched the surface uh, to what that ca- uh, kid can do. He can handle a loose race car. Um, like a veteran. Yeah. Yeah. I've been nothing but blown away. All right. This was huge news last week. Lowe's not returning to the 48 in 2019. I think this may be the biggest news of the year. I mean, unless we see it. I mean, I think the biggest news last year was Dell Jr. said he's retiring. And I think this may be the biggest news we see this year. I'm, I'm spot off for it. Obviously, I was part of the Sitco Racing Program when they were the longest tenured sponsor sponsoring cup. And, and that was, you know, I got here in the, in the mid-late 90s, and, and obviously they ended their sponsorship at Roush with Jeff Burton. So to, to see Lowe's, who I know has been here since 1997 with Mike Skinner, carried over to Robbie Gordon, you know, obviously went to Jimmy Johnson back in 2001, I believe it was, for his rookie year. And to, to see a company that is based in North Carolina, you know, they were in North Wilkesboro, yeah. headquartered. Now they're in Mooresville, five miles from where we're sitting right now. So they see a company that's based in North Carolina that has grown their business and and leveraged our sport so much. Man, this is a it's a shocker. And it's a shocker for me, not because they're leaving the sport. It's because they've done everything with Jimmy Johnson. They've been there for every cup win, every cup pole, every top ten, every top five, every championship. And to leave when he's probably realistically only got about a couple years left anyway, I think it's kind of sucks for them because here's Jimmy Johnson who demands a lot of respect and a lot of integrity, but it also is a large investment for a new company to have to come in and make and and make it for only a couple, three years. So you really got to have your plan B behind Jimmy Johnson already in place. I mean, when we look at, we were just talking about a Tyler Reddick, like, is he the next Jimmy Johnson? Because Hendrick has to be able to sell Jimmy for two years and then something longer because very few sponsors come into our sport, thank goodness, and say, I want to be here two years and I want to go home. They have a much longer plan. And, and when you start strategizing, you know, five, seven, ten years, Jimmy Johnson's not going to be a part of that conversation his legacy however will attract you in and make you want to be a part of it but the expense side of it it's a challenge this isn't going to be easy and we certainly i mean when you look at big companies that are carrying the whole car it was lowe's it was m&m's fedex you know it was it's fedex joe gibbs racing has a lot of those sponsors that carry the whole season but there just aren't a lot of them out there so we may have to see him get four or five sponsors and piece together those four or five million dollar deals to make it happen i say spot off um, I'd love to say spot on because I'm so thankful we all are for sponsors that have that longevity like a STP uh, yes. did, uh, Interstate Batteries. But you look at Lowe's right now, I'm going to say spot off for this reason. They're missing out on a huge opportunity here. They've got seven titles with Jimmy Johnson. Yep. Jimmy Johnson could go out. Listen, this year if he doesn't get eighth, maybe Joe's Hardware Store is on that thing next year. And he goes out there, whoops their butt, and gets number eight. How's Lowe's going to look then? Okay, uh, they're missing out on an opportunity to be part of the legacy of one of the greatest athletes in the history of NASCAR. Yeah. And to me, knowing he has two, three years left, how do you not stay involved in that? How do you not finish what you started? Have that eighth title that uh, holding up the trophy with a Lowe's uniform on. This is a spot off for Lowe's. Yeah, it's bad for our sport. And everybody's focusing on that. Let's focus on the legacy of Jimmy Johnson. And that really hurts. I think from the sponsor side, because I'm in marketing, yep. it is so tough. I mean, I was with Miller Coors for a very long time, and you saw they are no longer a huge part of the sport that they were. Yeah. It's not all because, you know, they just 
didn't see value in it. I think like for Lowe's, they were here and in the sport for so long and they saw so much value. It's like Sprint when they walked away. Like you can only get to a certain point sometimes. And, and I get it. this is a different well, legacy. I, we're I talking about being on the top of the pinnacle, being the guy that's on Mount Rushmore, NASCAR possibly, yeah, yeah. you know, with an eighth title. And it's not out of the question. It's not like he's DW running in the back of the pack. I'm confident that Hendrick already has a sponsor or somebody that they're talking to because he's not a, a tough sponsor or tough no, driver to sell. He's great. So I, I think they'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> I think, you know, to your point, it's tough for Lowe's. I can't imagine it was an easy decision, and I don't think it's something they wanted to do. Um, but I, I think it's what they had to do for the business. They do focus a lot on grassroots now, which I don't know if you guys know this. They do a lot on, like, helping those who um, – well, then they With should the go hurricane. sponsor a dirt car or something somewhere, a World of Allies car. <laughs> Here's the Phony baloney, give me a break. <laughs> uh, they're, they're grassroots. I, I'm worried about my sport. Yeah. Okay, and, and, and if, if they're going to go grassroots, well, then get out of cup and go sponsor a dirt car. I think we'll car. be perfectly fine. Yeah, but I here's think the thing. I mean, it, to, to certainly not disagree completely with what you're saying, but to disagree completely with what you're saying. <laughs> of course You yeah. don't go from 100% of a sponsorship to zero. Like if yeah. you have, it, when your stock's at $82 a share or whatever they're trading at today and you're making billions of dollars, sp sponsors come into this thing for three reasons. Brand awareness, which we do well. Social and digital platforms and footprints, which we do well. Return on business, which we still do pretty well depending on how you're looking at it. And then a lot of them don't realize the fourth aspect of that employee morale piece is fans are looking at your car, cheering on your driver with your name on the car. Your employees are literally cheering for their own company. At no point during their eight-hour workday do they get that excited about anything than they do is see their race car out there running well and winning. So for Lowe's to, to not finish what they started with Jimmy Johnson, like if this were still Mike Skinner and he couldn't run top ten to save his life, I get it. But this, that's not the case. You know, it, it's just, I mean, to Matthew's point, it's hard for us to swallow the fact that you're bailing on something that has been so special. I think it's just a missed opportunity for them. To the Huge. history. Yeah. I mean, what are we talking? Another 40, 50 million? And people go, oh, my gosh, that is so much money. There are hundreds <laughs> and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in this thing. Finish what you started. Well, either way, I think he'll be fine and we will miss them. But we are going to miss them. I mean, we're all going to miss seeing the yeah. Lowe's car. But again, man, North Wilkesboro, like this small company builds a hardware store. It's a great American dream kind of story there. It really, is. To think about it. But, you yeah. know, I think they're just bowing out at the wrong time. And like you said, if they came scale back to 30, 40 percent, they would have that opportunity come homestead this year, next year, the year right. after. Right. If Jimmy's in that final four to be on that car and to to uh, put a bookend to that legacy. And I think it's a shame for Jimmy Johnson. It's a shame for our sport. And nobody's talking about this, but I think the biggest shame is Lowe's is potentially missing out on something giant that has forever impact. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. This is the Exalta Race Center update. I'm Natalie Sather. Both Cup and Xfinity competed at Auto Club Speedway over the weekend. Martin Truex Jr. won his first race of the season in the Auto Club 400, ending Kevin Harvick's winning streak. Truex is now your Cup Series points leader. On Saturday, Joey Logano won the Roseanne 300 Xfinity Series race over JRM driver Justin Algar, who finished second, and right behind him, his teammate Elliot Sadler in third. Fellow Junior Motorsports drivers Tyler Raddick finished seventh and Michael Annette 18th. Junior Motorsports late models competed at North Carolina's Hickory Speedway where Josh Berry swept both of the twin 40-lap late model events to get his NASCAR Whelan All-American Series season off to a great start. 14-year-old Junior Motorsports driver Sam Mayer finished runner-up to his teammate in the second 40-lap event and finished eighth in the first feature. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, visit exaltacs.com. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one -on -one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. And we are back. Let's head into Fastlane where I will give Brett and Matthew uh, each three topics pertaining to racing and one. 30 topics? Three. I said three. <laughs> 30 topics, it would be a lot. 
we can <laughs> probably go all day. It took us like an hour for one of them. Not with our two mouths. Forget about. Yeah. I'm gonna need something to eat before going for thirty topics. She didn't bring in donuts today. Chick Fil A. First time she didn't bring in donuts today, and I skipped breakfast. I need to eat healthier. What are you gonna bring me next week? Egg McMuffins. Green smoothie. Oh, Chick Fil A chicken biscuits. Chick Fil A chicken. That is not healthy. That is not <laughs> my diet. We're trying to go healthy. I know. No, we are fruit. Maybe fruit. Bring me a fresh squeezed beet juice. Ew, what? Who are you and where is Brett Griffin? (laughs) It's good for you. It gets oxygen going to your brain. Well, yeah, you need that sometimes. I do. (laughs) You should probably have more of it. That's what Jamie McMurray drinks all the time. Fresh squeezed beet juice with a little bit of apple juice with a squeeze of lemon and ginger. So maybe I'll bring What would Kale say to that? And the first thing. What would Kale say? First thing Jamie warned me about. He said, don't freak out when you pee. <laughs> it does change the color of your urine. Well, it's like a, the visual, visual me, asparagus. If he hadn't warned me, I would have hit nine one one because it's 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 alarming. What is it? It's alarm. It's beet juice. Beauties. It's the same. Yeah. What we got? It, that's what it oh, is. What does it look like? Beet juice. Okay. Okay. Red. Well, yeah. I, like your hat. Yeah. You're like that's messed up, dude. Yeah, is I'm that, not drinking anything that makes my pee red. Is that blood? Uh-uh. <laughs> and you're like, no, Jamie told me it's normal. It looks like you got to go to the doctor. Yeah. Well, this was off to a great start. <laughs> but we're getting healthy. Yeah. You, I'm not drinking that. Why? I'm not going to drink that either. No. You're I'll, bring like, I'll bring like smoothies or something. You're getting married. I am. We went I'm, from Chick-fil-A to like actually, beet juice. Give me a note, break. On that note, I have a PSA. Like, I need your help. Oh. I need, you need bachelorette. Help? Oh, not, maybe not yours. Nashville. Bachelorette party location. Nashville. Yes. So that's my top choice right yes. now. Yes. Austin, Texas. That was another Is it option. a flying uh, deal or a driving? You can fly. You can fly? That, Man, that's my top how big two. this ring is? They got their own plane. Player. See, you're, you're, you're ladies. I wish. You're ladies, okay? Ladies, Nashville. I'm hoping Nashville. you can have a private jet ready for yes. us. For I ladies, I would I say Nashville, <laughs> Asheville, and and what was the third one you said? Austin, Texas. And Austin. For a guy, completely different. Myrtle Beach. So Chad's going to Cancun. <laughs> Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. <laughs> yeah. Las Vegas. And, yeah. Okay, a big old man here is going to say, believe it or not, you're going to be surprised. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, I mean, oh, I go there all the time. Love I was Milwaukee. thinking Nashville. That's what I was thinking. But we need like a reason. So I'm trying to figure out like if there's a concert Bars, or something. There's, there's music every bar. The Ryman has live music every, every day. Yeah. And the Ryman's the mother church. Yeah. You got to go. All right. We'll have to talk. And then you walk around the turn from from the mother church and there's like 20 darn bars to drink and listen well, to music. I'm just hoping like Garth Brooks would come up with a concert and then I'll just go to that. But look, but don't yeah. ever say that again. When, when are you getting married? Do we know that yet? Our goal is I have a two week window after Chili Bowl and before Daytona. And it's, so next year. <laughs> yes. Next February. January. Uh, next January. 26 is our hope. Where are you getting married at? Here. Here. Hoping. In the studio? <laughs> it's not big enough. <laughs> so the so the bachelorette party. Yeah. Potentially will take place after the season is over. No, so Chad's will take place in December. His he yeah. has to, but I don't really. I mean, I'll do it so on the off really weekend. Care. Yeah, I'll do mine probably. I'd rather go somewhere before it gets cold. So, like, if we do Nashville, like September. Yeah, I'm thinking. Man, man, that's uh, that's Nashville's that's not awesome. close enough to the wedding. The whole part of a bachelor party or bachelorette party. It's feel it bad. should be a. It's, yeah, it should be that <laughs> like last <laughs> hurrah. You're gonna too so, much time in between hey, I'm for getting married. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut my hair and gain 15 pounds. Let's celebrate <laughs> so I it. Would, <laughs> I would, except Chili Bowl is right before the wedding, so I can't really. Unless Go I plan to have Tulsa my bachelorette ready at uh, Go up for the Tulsa shootout, stay at the Hard Rock, and get after it. People are going to comment on your Twitter and tell you what to do. My advice to you is go to Nashville, rent an Airbnb, a big house near Broadway, blow it out. No hotels. No hotels. No, we wouldn't do a hotel. No. No. I want like a place with a pool so we can just chill you there. Get you a badass house in Nashville. Place where you Airbnb. can cook some hangover meals. I know some Done. people there. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll talk. Blake's place will be guy. open by then. <laughs> Old Red. Old Red will be open by then. Okay, well, anybody else? Sounds pretty good. Just, just go with him. Just Casey, Any I know how to have fun. Any hookups for private jets, you I, know. I know how to have fun. You just trust me. Nashville, that's your play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. We got way off topic. First one, um, Harvick crashed after contact with Larson on lap 22 on Sunday. Who was at fault? Matthew. Uh, Kevin Harvick was. He uh, admitted it, uh, which, you know, f- for the love of God, you know, Kevin Harvick's a hard-nosed racer. He's awesome, but... That might be the first time I've ever heard him come out and like admit causing something. 
Let's just say that. I'm not trying to hate on Kevin Harvick, but I was impressed that he came out and admitted it. He went there, down there, tried to side draft. It failed. He was a man, and he's been stepping up lately from the short track thing and putting his neck out there, then putting his money where his mouth was, going to Kern County to, to cause an wreck and, and saying, hey, it was me. Um, that's awesome. I think it's great. I see Kyle Larson race a lot of people hard. Kevin Harvick's one of them. He tried to pack air in his left rear and wanted to and get him loose. Kevin knew that based on looking in his left side mirror. It was kind of like Kyle was flipping Kevin off. This was Kevin's way of flipping him back off. However, it did backfire. It was Kevin's fault. When they hit, it turned right Larson's car to the right, and it shot Harvick hard into the wall. It ended his chance to win four in a row. So, obviously, Kevin manned up and said, I screwed up. And, and But I think Kevin was just trying to give him a little dose of his own medicine, and it backfired. Who is the biggest surprise after five races? Man, I, I actually have two guys. And, oh, and, geez. And, and I'm only going to stick with one, and, and it's going to be Amarola. I mean, he finished 13th in the 500. He finished 13th the next week. He backed it up with two top 10s. He finished 11th yesterday. This guy couldn't finish on the lead lap at Petty's. Fast cars go fast. He's got in this 10 car at the right time. This 10 car group, group of guys, they've not ever went fast. <laughs> so they're in heaven right now. Uh, hands down, the biggest surprise is Amarola. Runners up, Menard. Hands down, Amarola, there's no way you can argue that. Uh, Danica Patrick had five top 15 finishes the whole entire season last year. He already has five top 15 finishes. He almost won Daytona. He finished seventh at Phoenix. Amarola is, is definitely by far the biggest surprise this year. Having been in this stable, the coolest part about it is last year we were a three-car team. You know, with a fourth car being active, but not necessarily being able to pull a lot of information from it. Now you got four guys. So your resources, your information, your data points, everything is increased. So it helps the whole organization, you know, basically raise the bar for their game. So it's a, it's a good thing to see being a part of it. And Amarillo's got a lot of good tracks coming up. Martinsville, he's good there. Richmond, really good there. Three of the next four races will take place at short tracks. In your opinion, has Martinsville, Bristol, or Richmond produced better racing in recent years? Which one of them has pr produced better racing? Yeah. Oh, out of the three, uh, hands down, Martinsville. Uh, Martinsville's created more wow moments than all three of them combined. Uh, Richmond, for some reason... Um, has just been kind of blah for it's it so for a short fast track now. Yeah, and and uh, you know Bristol to me, I like this version of Bristol. I'm a I'm the minority here that actually loves this Bristol. But pound for pound, Martinsville gives you that physicality that you just don't see in any other NASCAR short track on this circuit. I think Bristol puts on the best race of these three because it's three grooves at a really small bull ring where 40 cars are out there. And, and I think for me, that's really exciting, but looking at what fans want to see, which is the old Bristol. Well, that's done at Martinsville. There's one lane, one way around people knock each other out of the way. They fight, they throw helmets. And that's ultimately what fans think is supposed to happen at short track racing. And it will at Martinsville. Off the wall topic. A blimp towed a water skier 6.9 miles in California to set a new world record. Do you think you could stay up that long? Well, I don't even, you, where do you come up with these things? Wait, wait, wait. What, How what did you finish the, that question? What was the last question? <laughs> do you think you could stay up for that long? For 6.9 miles. So a blimp. Yeah. 6.9 minutes would be like, a record. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how, how long does 6.9 miles take? Uh... <laughs> Uh, Ask your wife. That Jason, who came up with a who came up who with came this? up with the way this? Did you come up with this in Myrtle yeah, Beach? I found it. No, no, no. Who came up with a <laughs> way this? I found it. Who came up with a way this? I read this. this and I was like, oh, this is going to be taken so bad. Who came up with the way about? this question is phrased? You're just talking about a guy like being could towed. you stay up? Hold on to the to water those, skier. Yeah, exactly. That's all I'm talking yeah. about. That's exactly what it does not say. <laughs> uh, what, is this in California? Does this not surprise you? Who? Does everything stupid happen in the state of California? Is it, or is it yeah. just me? I just, man. Like of all the world records, why are you going to like, oh, I'm, I hung on for 6.9 miles. Ooh, I've only water skied one time, and I didn't like it. Can you say water? Water. How do I, what's wrong with the way I say water? <laughs> he does say it funny. Water. Don't kiss my ass. I say water normal. <laughs> Where are you? Where are you? Wait a minute. South Carolina was probably a colony before wherever y'all came from. So I don't have an accent. 
We were in the original 13 colonies. <laughs> he even said accent with an accent. <laughs> Y'all are terrible. This question is horrible, Jason. You got to do yeah, well, I mean, of all you the, can't ask of all me a the personal wall, question at the end of it. The, all the all, <laughs> wall, off the wall ones. Off I the mean, wall. Off the wall. Yeah, I can't say that. I, no accent or with an accent. But, dude, really? Like, water ski. So I think they established that they cannot stay. No water skiing. So yeah. the one week I come on the show, I got a damn question about somebody towing somebody on a water ski. California. How do they tow them? Like on a boat? On a or blimp. blimp. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Wait a minute. It's a blimp. That, we, I, I missed that. So you, it's, you're towing like, them on a let me blimp. How does that question. work? Let me reread the question for you. That's crazy. Do you think you could stay up for that long? <laughs> that was the question. The statement was, a blimp towed a water skier 6.9 sure miles. I'll sure as hell try. In the land of the weird, California. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sure as hell try. All right. Well, let's get that one. Um, that, that had to be a big-ass blimp to pull you, Matthew. Oh, hell yeah. It could We're be talking it. about the mothership of Goodyear blimps. I'm not talking about that little we, thing. We, we and you might see blimps. it go down like the Hindenburg we towing my blimps. blimps. One for each ski. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, All right, let's head into Ask TBC. My favorite part. Yes. I All right, it. producer Jason, I really hope you came up with some good. Hey, I thought these were pretty good. <laughs> At Meg Nilsson asks, who is the UMBC, which is the number 16 seed that upset number one Virginia? I love that, by the way. Of NASCAR. UVA went down to some team that nobody had ever heard of the, after the, being the number one in the country. The Retrievers? After like being the Golden number, Retrievers? Yes. My bracket is completely scary. Number Who's one isn't? in the country loses to that team. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Their Twitter Fido. account. Yes. They had a great Twitter account, too. It was hilarious. What do they do? They're, I heard they're like awesome. roasting the other teams and stuff and roasting each other. They posted the, a video of them, like the students partying on campus, and the account said, shouldn't y'all be studying? It was like Friday night. It was pretty good. Yeah. They almost I, I, they played Kansas State tight yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It was really close. Yeah. I've got an answer to this, though, and it's not this year, but last year. Uh, to me, the Cinderella moment of last year was Jeremy Clements in the uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series going out there and, and slaying the, the dragon, man, David versus Goliath, and just, like, killing it. Like, I mean, he had to get up on the wheel and do it, too. Here's a little team from South Carolina. When you go up to that garage, his dad is underneath the hood working on that car, and it's a bunch of volunteers. It, it, they, they come in a, in a tow-behind hauler with a toter home, not some big stacker rig. That is like one of the coolest stories in NASCAR over the past two years that not wasn't talked about enough. Yeah, I agree, and 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 you're one hundred percent spot on for that one. And and the hardest thing about it is when you say, "What is th this moment we're trying to describe?" Is you're not supposed to be able to do this. Oh, he but somehow no way he had any business, but somehow that. you make it happen, and that's exactly what Jeremy did. South Carolina boy, man, we're strong. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. You I gonna make say. fun of his accent too? No, Jeremy is actually very nice. He's I'm got nice. A, he's got a good <laughs> now accent. Now you're insulting me on top of making but fun of my accent. But you don't really have an accent like normally, but when you say water, it water. kind of sounds funny. At least water. he doesn't say it like a Long Islander, you know. Water. Water. Oh, that's more like New England. <laughs> All right. Velocity88x asks, would you be opposed to a wild card spot on the schedule where they go to a different track every year on that weekend? Man, Maybe I would, I would love this. On it? I would, I would love this. I, I, you know, one thing about our schedule that, that I, I'm not a big fan of is how consistent it stays. And, and I feel like we could shake it up, go to different tracks. These chase tracks do not need to be the same and in the same order every year. I would be a huge fan of this. I think there's a lot of short tracks. However, it's a little bit difficult because the facilities have to meet NASCAR's expectations. And a lot of these smaller tracks just don't have the resources to be able to you know, go in and pull that off. But it, it sounds fun, and I'd be game for that. I know Matthew would. Yeah, you know I'll be game for that. I mean, there's places like Kern County uh, that are ready right now, uh, Irwindale Speedway. Uh, those are two tracks out west that are ready for it right now. I just went to a modified race uh, Saturday at Myrtle Beach Speedway. There's no reason, well, especially if it was trucks, there's no reason we shouldn't be racing there. It's, it's, it's a crime to the fan that we're not taking our uh, product to some more of those short tracks. And I think this question right here would lend to people. Most people would say, yeah, I want to go to a short track. They're not going to say, yeah, I want to I'm going to pick a, Chicago this year, right? If you're going to build a track, happen. if you're going to build a track right now, ground up. Mm -hmm. I don't care what kind of track it is. We all know it'd be a short one because that's what half we all mile. But where would you put it in the country? Well, right now there's a huge uh, need for a track in the upper uh, northwest, and I'm not 
I've never even been there. I have. And it's foreign for me. So I think that's the number one need uh, demographically for NASCAR. But uh, there's such a huge, huge following of this sport up in the upper Midwest. You know, from, from uh, you know, that Kansas area, of course, yep. but Wisconsin. Uh, you know, you, you go to a race, uh, any race that they had at the Milwaukee Mile or at Road America. Yeah. And they come in in droves and pack it. So I say we go to where the fans are. Uh, the upper nor- uh, northwest is starved for it. Give it to them. If not, place like Wisconsin. That's probably what still amazes me the most about our race fans is we'll go to a place like Indianapolis that's a, a good market, a good city, and we don't bring a lot of people out to the racetrack. And that's because we're at it. But then we'll go out in the middle of nowhere, like Watkins <laughs> Glen, New York, and we'll bring in 200,000 oh, yeah, campers and just they party and race all weekend. So, I mean, even Charlotte, I mean, we're, you know, our track's 15 miles from downtown, and we certainly have a good crowd here, but we don't like Road America. Oh, Road America's amazing. It's the middle of nowhere, and all those people come out for it. Michigan, I mean, when we, we first started going to Michigan, I was like, holy cow, we're 90 miles from anywhere. <laughs> and sure as a world, they come out by the hundreds of thousands. It's the number one infield we go to all year. Like, that's still the thing that amazes me is, like, I want to look at the market and go, where are the fun markets? Where are the good markets? But some of our biggest attended races are just right smack dab in BFE. You know, it's a good one. Jared Lee two sixty four asks, "Do you all think it's time to shake up the Fox announcer booth? If you want to draw a younger audience, it ain't gonna happen with what you got." I like this, Jared. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Speaking my language, Matthew, you're your TV. Oh guy. man, you're gonna put me on the spot on I'm this gonna make one, you man. Go first, um, I, I say it's time. But um, out of respect to Daryl Waltrip, uh, who, if you don't respect Daryl Waltrip uh, for what he's done in this sport, uh, both in the race car and on the microphone, um, you're, you're, you don't really care about our sport. Um, I think DW is going to bow out, and I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, he's a Hall of Famer, and he deserves the chance to be where he's at, and I respect that. Uh, I don't think we need to be putting youngins uh, all up there. I think having relevant people... Uh, up there is great, but I think we also need color, and I think that's what we lack up in the TV booth sometimes. Um, you know, I think it's going to be great putting Dale Jr. up there for the um, for the NBC deal, you know, and especially if he stays being Dale Jr., you know, that really speaks to the people. You know, I miss the days when you had Benny up there and uh, Buddy Baker. I mean, yeah. Buddy, you're not going to get any more, Buddy, more colorful and real. They don't try to be a broadcaster. They yeah. go up there, and he was Buddy Baker. Yeah, and uh, Daryl Waltrip for all his faults and people like him, people don't. He's Daryl Waltrip, and that's what I think was attractive and is attractive about his tenure. But yeah, I think uh, DW will be bowing out at some point soon. Well, and I agree with what you're saying. I, I really felt like Fox missed a big opportunity when Dale Jr. was on the table and they yeah. didn't go get him. Because I was shocked. Ideally. You know, who's more connected to the current race fan than Dale Jr.? Probably nobody. The and, young and, and the old. The young and the old. And DW is sitting there extremely disconnected from really anybody under 40 years old. So if you say we want to attract a younger audience, you're not going to do it with DW screaming boogity, 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 which worked for a long time. But he's he's kind of so far removed from the seat of the car. He's not in the garage a lot. You know, I look at Larry McReynolds, who's an older guy. He's still in the garage. He's still doing the hustle. I mean, we talked about the hustle yeah. a little bit ago. He's still doing the hustle to, to do as good of a job as he can. You know, but when I look at this Fox thing, I say, who are you going to get? It's not Regan Smith. You know, he's not the guy that's going to help you bring a younger audience and people to connect. I mean, when these guys take their helmets off, they're not as big of a deal. You know, Chase Elliott was number one in Daytona in souvenir sales. Dale Jr. wasn't. You know why? Because he took his helmet off. And when you take the helmet off, you change your game. But if you can get that guy that's accomplished as much as somebody like Dale Jr. has when they get out of the race car and be able to morph him in. You know, my struggle for the Fox thing when I watch it is it's like DW and Jeff just sit there and argue. You know, their perspectives are completely different. And that's because DW is so far removed from the car. You know, Jeff's only a year removed even though he's going in the Hall of Fame and he's supposed to be three years removed. <laughs> I, I think, to your point there, though, I think Regan Smith works on pit road. Right. Because he does. You know, he's got that good relationship and perspective for the drivers and whatnot. Colorful-wise, I, I think I think we really need to find the next person. I'm not allowed to. Is, if it is were me, bold. If it were me, I'd call Carl Edwards and say, hey, man. What are you doing? I was just about to ask who you're, you. You're pick. 37. You're 38 years old. You still got it. You know. I even want more colorful than that. You know, just but you got to have who somebody. Would you pick? Man, I don't know right now. I have a current c- crop of drivers. I, I, 
mean, you got to get somebody lost, that's but it's got to be somebody that's co- colorful. Yeah, you got to get somebody that's recent. You know, and I mean, let's face it, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney—they're not hanging their helmet up to go to TV no. for the next fifteen years. So your your ideal situation is a guy who's around forty years old, who has remained relevant in the car, who has contended to win races and championships in whatever series that may be, and you got to put them in there, and they tell a good story. That's a storyteller. I mean, that's all that guy is. And it's not an easy job. That's why I like Larry Mack up there, uh, though. Um, people had opinions left and right on that one, too. But, you know, colorful, different. He's colorful, and he knows what he's talking and about. And he does his homework. I would, When I work with him, I get an email at 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what the heck is he doing out there at 1 o'clock in the morning yeah, doing all this still, notes and still studying? hustling. I just don't want a guy that talks about me and I and what I've done. We know what you've done. If, and if we don't know, we don't care. You know what I mean? You don't have to tell me how many times you won Martinsville. <laughs> we know it was eight. And if we don't know it was eight, we don't care. Because we either A didn't like you or B don't know who you are anyway. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't want to I don't want to brag her on TV. It ain't the place for that. Fair. These are some good questions. I'm actually impressed. Thank you. A lot better than that uh, <laughs> the blimp one? off the wall question with I the made blimp. Up for it. I ain't that he definitely made up oh, for it. Oh, anything you guys want to rant about? Uh I'm pretty happy this week. <laughs> I'm well, so you ex- ranted about everything else, like <laughs> all of our questions. Did we get all our rants minutes. out? I'm exhausted. Hey, Ryan McGee made a good point this week. What did he say? So he sent out a tweet. Then it basically said, my struggle with all the rule changes they made during the weekend isn't the rule change. It's the message. You know, we're watching March Madness, and it's about upsets and who scored and who played defense. And the, the whole noise around our sport on social media is a rule change. Yeah. So uh, – I thought he made a really good point. I think we need to somehow or another let that sink in to whoever's making these decisions too is we're sending out messages and whatever message we send out, it's not it's either gonna be A qualifying or it's gonna be B a rule change. And we chose a rule change over qualifying and all the crap that could have been, you know, heightened around it. So I thought Ryan McGee made and I'm, I'm a huge Ryan McGee fan, I thought he made a really good point of that's our our message on social media Friday was not who had the poll. It was not who did it. It was rule change, rule change, rule change. And if they had made that uh, decision on a Tuesday, yeah, it would be talked about on NASCAR America and all that stuff. Yep. And it wouldn't have interfered impeded, with the weekend. Impeded with the excitement of that weekend. Of your weekend. Absolutely fair. I'm gonna text TJ. I want to know what you want to rant. No, I think. What are you ranting I about? I think we should. No, no, no. We shouldn't text TJ about his DBC picks. We should have Donor pick because he takes forever. Oh yeah, let me like, let me be. Uh, sorry, you're let not me here. Be, this back like let two me be hours Pontiac. Later. <laughs> I'm gonna be Pontiac TJ. Let me you know, tell wider. you. Let me tell you how this works though. If you pick and you lose, he's gonna forfeit. He's gonna say I, that, that that he didn't show count. up. Attendance. He had to babysit his kid. So what? <laughs> So what? Bring the kid here. Yeah, we would have rocked her. It's a newborn, no, man. Stella. I'll give him credit. We'll a guy names his kid Stella after a beer and won't drink a beer at Hooters. We got a question. We got. We got. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I can't. He I needs can't an intervention. I'll go get a root beer. He needs an intervention. Intervention? Why? Because he's, he's not drinking. He's sending me a pic. Anyway, I gotta go. All first. right, come on, you go. Man, I'm gonna go with Amarola. Wow, it's a good one, Eric Amarola. Eric Amarola at Martinsville. That's who I'm picking. If he gets me a good top five, top uh-huh. seven, it'll be a good day. And I don't have to burn anybody crazy. He's going to take Clint Boyer. Oh, really? I was going to pick A.J. Amendinger for him because I think uh, that's a – this. Uh, no, 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 no. Hold on. i got to wait him for the road course. I'm going to give him a victory, yeah, and we'll see whose pick is better, TJ's or mine. I'm going to say you got to go with um, Jimmy Johnson because of the fact that – did he pick Jimmy Johnson yet? No. No, Jimmy Johnson, because he needs something right now. He does. And, you know, the, the stars, you know, shine when it's their time to shine. Yeah. And the pressure's on, and that dude's always been good with the pressure on. And no team needs a win more right now than that 48 team. And who's the man at Martinsville? It was him. Jimmy John. Hey, he could still hold that wheel at Martinsville. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you look at Mar- uh, him and Denny Hamlin as two of the guys on the yeah. top of the heap at Denny. Martinsville. And I'll, I'll just say, I think Jimmy Johnson wants it. Don't you hold the hot dog record up there? Oh, oh man. Yeah. I was hoping this wouldn't come out. Like, I, don't you own, like, the whole sport record, like 22 in one day? I don't or? know, because there's been unofficial documentation. But we used to have um, a uh, Jesse Jones hot dog invitational contest in our little media room in the infield there. And, uh, heck, that year, the year I won, I, I was sponsored. 
Really? My stomach was sponsored by Advanced Auto Parts and Riggs Racing. (laughs) So when I do interviews, I would say the Advanced Auto Parts, uh, Riggs Racing uh, stomach is handling really well today. (laughs) So what I did is I put out a huge number the first day, right? Scare everybody off. Yeah. And Ray Dunlop's on the front stretch. He, he The second day, he had had like six the first day, and he thought he was going to puke. Right. I went out there and just put out a number of like 18 the first day. Scared everybody off. I finished so it was off a weekend competition. Three-day competition, 52 hot dogs, one more than my dad's race car number. Oh, my God. And I'll never do it again. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't blow a motor. Dude. I didn't whole... push water. I, I survived. I had a little bit of fuzziness in my face, maybe from the nitrates. That whole and beet never juice thing <laughs> sounds way better than 52 hot you dogs. You need to put an IV of beet juice you know, uh, in me to get the health, you know, uh, get the unhealthiness dude. flushed out. But we're back to Jesse Jones, dude. I know. You spent a hundred. No more China dog. You spent $104 on hot dogs. No, uh, well, I was sponsored. So the sponsor oh. took care of all of my costs for the hot dogs. And okay. then I felt bad because it was sin. It was gluttonous. So I donated, matched the amount, and gave it to Motor Racing Outreach. Yeah. That's good. So there you go. a nice guy. Not, not really. Don't do it again. <laughs> nice guys don't eat that many hot dogs. You're, uh, yeah, you're too old for that now. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I wouldn't make it, man. Nah. I'd be go- going back on a rollback. Yeah. Well, thanks, you guys, for listening to One Main Financial, Exalted Studios. Another show is in the books. TJ has missed his second show of the year. He's two turning out of into five? last year's Kristen. Two out of five. I know. He's like Gluten Girl yeah. all over again. <laughs> we'll have to nickname Does she TJ. have a nickname? Casey? Casey have a nickname yet? Not yet. So Gluten Girl, she's looking at me like, "Don't you start?" <laughs> oh, we gotta. <laughs> well, after last week's little segment, it could have been Yo Shorty. It'll be organic. organic. Yeah, I saw you put the the video of her. Where on you the guys are ragging on her for being on a toilet and not being able to touch this, the floor. Bless I mean, heart. I am really short. I'm not gonna lie; it hurts trying to sit like this. I'm the opposite of you. Just lay down. Yeah. <laughs> These couches. We should are just really pull this comfy. up and let you like put your feet Next on it. Next week, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I think we Take just need a leg off. rest. Yeah, we got a foot massager we hire once a month to come in here. Schultz will do that. <laughs> as long as you like Jergens lotion. I don't like the way other lotions smell. It's got to be Jergens. Really? I like the baby, <laughs> the, the Johnson & Johnson. Oh, God. This show's Why are we talking about lotion? Oh, yeah. Oh. We are just... Thank you, guys. Uh, talk to you all next week. It's been fun. Peace out. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliot Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 